We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Vince is rapid fire for the better. Uh, every single time. Every I had a little bit of rapid fire withdrawal last night because we didn't have it. I kind of did too, to be honest. And you know, like I said, because of the unique circumstance of the way the show came together yesterday, right? we punted our own. We 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 punted <sighs> down the field on on rapid fire. It was a little different not having a rapid fire. It really was. It was like, oh, I, I guess the that. show's over. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so let's go back All right. to Micah Shrewsbury, introduced as head coach today, men's basketball coach at Notre Dame. And here, if I can get back to my screen, here is Micah Shrewsbury. Why did you come here? Um, what drew you back? And home is a big part of it. All right, I, I get a chance to see my family now um, really closely and get a chance to be with them um, on a short drive away. Uh, but the other thing is, and I truly believe this, you can win a national championship here. You can win a national championship here, and that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to fight for every single day. We're also going to do it the right way. We're going to find kids that fit Notre Dame. We're going to find kids that care about their academics. We're going to find kids that want to be great basketball players. And there's a chance for you to do both here. And if we do that, we find those kids. We be the toughest team. We be the most disciplined team. We be the most together team. We're going to pursue national championships. All right, Vince. So, uh, like, that is the boldest of statements that Micah Shrewsbury, I think, made today at his introductory press conference. We're going to pursue national championships. You can win a national championship at Notre Dame, do you buy or sell it? I sell him talking about it today or yesterday, <laughs> today, it was today. I sell it because yeah, still today. It was this morning. Yeah, I today. was like, Wait, when, what day was that? Yeah, <laughs> it was today. It? Yeah, I sell it uh, because look, I'm I'm. He said a lot of great things in the press conference. I thought he was very engaging. I thought you know the defense first, and we're going to play as a team. We're going to da 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 da. Awesome, great. You didn't have to take that next step. You know what the next step would have been? We're going to win games, man. Or <laughs> we're, we're fighting for conference titles. You know, like national championship, man. Like there's one Final Four appearance, and it was before I was born. So 
True. Let's slow the roll here a little bit on national championships. Like, I love that that's his goal, but that's where I kind of lost him a little bit when he's talking about his goals and expectations for being at Notre Dame. Like, Interesting. I did. I was like, come on. No, come on, man. Like, let's be realistic. I was. Come on. I, I was very. I was very impressed that he got as bold as he did. Like he came out gunning threes. Yes, he did. Right off the top. You know, yes, like he did. we're we're here. We can win national championships at Notre Dame. It, look, it's an expectation. Okay, you're holding your program to a high expectation. Just like you said, is it going to happen overnight? Absolutely not. Like it's not going to happen this year. But all we have to do is look at the makeup of this year's Final Four and say, Anything can happen in college basketball, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, no, like absolutely. If, if 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 this year tells us nothing else, here's here's the you know like the reality of competing for national championships as a private school. Like in the last sixty years, eleven national championships have been won by private schools. Five of them by Duke, three of them by Villanova. Georgetown has another Marquette in 1977 had another the other in 1963 you have to go all the way back to 1963 Loyola of Chicago but those those are the only schools 11 of them in the last 60 years and again five of them are by Duke three of them are by Villanova so the majority are right Mm -hmm. there in the last what 30 38 years something like that so the reality is it is harder, much harder for private schools yeah. to be in that mix. But like if you go to just a couple of years ago, if Loyola Chicago can get to the final four, there's no reason Notre Dame shouldn't be able to get to the final four. Sure. In, I, in my book. No problem with that. Great. But I and just if you get to he, the final four, anything can happen. Yeah, He jumped right. over a bunch of steps. He's very, very bold. Again, very bold yeah. right out of the gate. You know, yeah. like – you're right. Let's let's see the program built back up first because there is a lot of foundation building that needs to be laid in this whole thing before you start. Right. And seriously talking about national championships. Correct. It's, it's good that that's out there, but there's a lot of work to be done to get even to the point where you can start talking about NCAA tournament, let alone right. actually winning a national championship. There was a press conference in 2004 uh, in the same building where a promise was made for a decided schematic advantage as well. <laughs> okay. Like that you can say whatever you want in a press conference. I just like to keep things a little bit more realistic. Should Notre Dame, should he be shooting like behind closed doors? Should he be shooting for a national championship? Great. Yes, absolutely. No problem with that. And people can be like, Oh, aim high. Anything's possible with the transfer portal. Not at Notre Dame. Have you guys been paying attention? <laughs> they, they can't just go out and get anybody they want from the transfer portal. So Yes, See, that's come on, like real realism, people. Like See, that's, that's what like, I need here. Like Michael is saying, if FAU can do it, Notre Dame should be able to. Well, the difference, though, Michael, is FAU is a public school. Notre Dame Correct. is a private school, and we all know the difference, the limitations that you have at Notre Dame. You know how 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 much is the transfer portal going to be a factor? You know that's. That's the biggest issue that I that I think that he faced, you know, and I know he was asked about NIL and transfer portal today. Transfer portal is the biggest thing to sure. me because with all these players moving around, switching teams every year, there's a much greater chance that Notre Dame 
as a private, you know, higher education school is going to lose guys as opposed to gaining more guys from the transfer portal. Absolutely. You know, that's 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 the reality of the deal. And that's how you get get better quickly, just like the Kansas State example that I've used before. You've got to be able to to use that transfer portal to your advantage. And you know, they've already lost two guys to the portal yep. right now. Well, good know, guys so. too. So, you know, yeah. he's he's got his work cut out for him. I, I love that he's aiming high. That's awesome. That's great. You know, but I would be happy with, hey, you know what we're going to do next year? We're going to be over 500. <laughs> like, now, and I, you don't say that stuff well, in a press conference, and I get that, but there's definitely ways he could have gone about it without saying national championships but, like five different times. As Michael said, recruits heard his speech. We'll hear it later. I mean, that's sure. That's, that's fair. fine. You're that's out there fine. talking to recruits and you're telling them this is our goal. And here. he's a good recruiter. And that's yeah. great. You know that he he's a good recruiter. He knows more about recruiting than I ever will. So if that's what he thinks is going to get guys to come to Notre Dame, awesome. Good awesome. recruiter, and like Bray, it seems like he's a pretty good developer as well. You know, like look at look at what they did at Butler when he was on that Butler staff. Sure, with with Brad Stevens, it, it's not like everyone that they were going out and getting was a five star guy. You know, they were they were they got specific guys and they developed them. So. Let's see what I'm at least excited to see first how he's able to to put together a roster this year and then see yeah. what that becomes over the next four years. Because I got a feeling it's going to be a pretty young roster that he's going to have this mm-hmm. year. They might take some lumps early on. Sure. But will it pay dividends two, three, four years down the road? Absolutely. Maybe. And that was one of the funny things that he said in his press conference. He's like, I was talking to Jack and, uh, you know, uh, Father Jenkins, and uh, they expect me to be able to field the team. Like, that's our first goal is we need to field the team. And I was like, all right, now we're talking. Field the team. There's your goal. Field you a team. That's exactly like He right. brought his expectations way down really fast. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny. From defensive coordinator Al Golden, he talked about a couple specific players we're going to talk about now, starting with Jordan Botello. Knock on the door. The way you knock on the door is is play the system, play with poise, and execute. That is it. That's it. Because he'll always bring the energy. He'll always bring the fight. He'll always bring the finish. So that's not the issue. The issue is prepare, eliminate Emmys, um, play with poise, and execute within the realm of the defense. And if you do that, he's going to do really great things for us. Does he understand that now? Well, I mean, that's a question for him. But... Um, that that every every one of our players is different. So, you ask me about him. That's his challenge. So, <coughs> um, it's going to play out this spring whether or not he understands that. And and if we had like another hour and lunch, I could go to the next guy. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? And then, then if you wanted to get a beer, I can go to the next guy. <laughs> I'd like to do that. But we're but you know what I mean. Like <coughs> I just gave you his. But every kid's got certain roles yeah. that they have to fill. This this spring and if you want a promotion you have to execute your current role it's pretty simple by the way he he said eliminate emmys i'm assuming that means mental errors yes M-E. that's what i would like do. is yeah. that yeah um yeah. so what do you think what do you think listening to to al golden talking about jordan Batello there vince i think it is the same thing that we've heard about jordan Batello since he stepped foot on campus all the talent in the world on the field but he's used the word preparation 
when he talks about things he needs to make sure regardless right. of who the coach is by the way yes correct and the word preparation is kind of a uh uh, it, it's a word that means needs to get his crap together off the field so that he can be <laughs> successful on the field. All right. Sure. I mean, that's what preparation means. So, and play within the system and like, play within actually, the system. Yes, exactly. Like there are, there are kids who are like athletic specimens. I know you've worked with, with some of them before, especially in, you know, public schools where it's like, it's one thing to be a great athlete but you still have to carry out a specific assignment. And if you're just going rogue on every play, you're not helping anybody. And you're all you're going to do is stand on the sideline. You still have to, you have to know what you're supposed to do on any given play and then use that talent that you have to execute that Correct. specific assignment to the, to the fullest degree. Right. And he's never, he, he will never, you know, question his want or his motor or his athletic ability. That's never been a question with Jordan Matelho. It no. has always been, can you play within the system? And right. can you make yourself available to be able to play within the system? Right. And that's still the biggest question mark with him. And it's, it seemed like he did a better job of that last year. In I agree. the instances we actually yes. got to see him on the field. Now, it was still relatively limited. He was on a lot of special teams. Sure. And I don't think we saw him make any special teams blunders. You know, we saw him, you know, block one of the punts and, and stuff like that. So, you know, at, at least in those cases, he was carrying out his assignments. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, but that's, that's the biggest question with him is, is, can you be a dependable guy that your teammates and your coaches can count on play in and play out because I mean, the guy could be, the guy's got enough talent to be an all American and a, a high NFL draft. Yes. Pick if, if he puts it together. Absolutely. Yep. Could not agree more. Got all the talent in the world, but you gotta, you gotta know your role and you gotta know your lane and you gotta stay That's in right. million dollar arm, 10 cent bright. I'm not, you know, it's a, I'm just right. using the, the right. bull Durham cliche. I'm not saying he has a 10 cent, bro. that was the bull Durham quote, but <laughs> the point is you gotta have both. You can't have yeah. one or the other. Exactly. Yeah. Going back to what we were talking about a second ago, Johnny says you guys have to listen to what he, being Shrewsbury, said. He said he believes that a national championship could be won here. He did not say that he was going for it out of the gate. And that's not what we were saying. That's I mean, not what we were, we're saying. No. we're. <laughs> but we're just saying that based on where the program is right now, even saying national championship is a pretty lofty preposition. Very much so. Like I said... Look at the history of Notre Dame basketball. 1978 was the last time they were at a Final Four. It was a long time ago. That was before I was born. And you mentioned all of the Catholic institutions, right? Or the, the private school institutions that have won national championships and over they're the last actually 60 all, years. Well, Duke isn't Catholic, I guess. But, yeah, but I mean, you're talking private. about 50 out of the 60 have not been private. Correct. Right? And so, you know... That's a that's you're you are you are treading upstream. Okay. You're going upstream. That's a very, very difficult thing to do. Now, if he can do that, if he can take Notre Dame, look, if you're gonna win a national championship, you're probably gonna go to multiple final fours. Okay. If he can do that, wow. I mean, that is awesome. I will be his, one of his biggest cheerleaders. I will be super excited about that as a Notre Dame fan and as somebody that gets to cover the team. But that is some lofty stuff to be bringing up in your press conference when you have five scholarship players on your roster right now. Four, yeah. technically. Right. 
By the way, did you did you see all the coaches in there like Marcus Freeman, yeah. Dale Ivy, and I think I saw Sean Stifler, the baseball coach in there. That was they were awesome. All, like hanging out. Yeah. That was he awesome. Was, he mentioned them. He mentioned Freeman and and Niel multiple times mm-hmm. during that whole thing. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, and I this is the first really over the last couple of years, this is the first time that there's been kind of this coaching you know, fraternity at Notre Dame where they're actually supporting each other and, you know, doing all these things. I love it. I think that's, I think that's awesome. And I I do like to see it. Does that make things better? I don't know, but I know for a fact that there was friction amongst coaches in the past more often than not. And there absolutely was that that's not the case right now, at least from what we can tell. And I'll be curious to see like how long, all the good vibes do last because I can tell you in the past that there weren't necessarily bad vibes early on, but enough. once you kind of start feeling like, you know, you're the stepchild a little yeah. bit, I mean, you are the men's basketball coach at a football school. He's coming out of a football school, yeah. but he was only there for a couple of years. You know, like how long is, how long is that? And he mentioned last? it. I mean, he did bring that up. So, I mean, it's not, mm-hmm. it is not a foreign concept to him. Right. I mean, he's like, I love that this is a football school. You know, I'm excited to cheer on the team and da 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 da. And like, okay, he gets it. Let's see if he, let's see if the reality is the same. Yes. Yeah. Let's see if the reality meets what he thinks it's going to be. Right. All right. So more Al Golden final thought from him on linebacker Prince Colley. PK and um, got to get him healthy. You know, we, we get him healthy and get him to have a consistent run at things. He's going to be really good. So I love the kid, love the player. He works hard. Um, he's low maintenance. Um, no, I mean, I think, uh, I think you know, he's in the mix. He was in the mix last year, and he's right there. So um, I just expect, you know, a great challenge by, you know, the PKs, the Zigs, the Sneeds, all those guys challenging, you know, those older three guys for reps. And, and um, you know, hopefully uh, over time, that's just going to make us stronger. So when you listen to that, Vince, scale of one to ten, how much does it encourage you on the prospects for Prince Kali? Oh, it's very much encouraging because he keeps saying that he's right there and he's in the mix and you know, all of these things. And I think that if you're in the mix and you're right there, then you need playing time. Like that's, you know, what is that going to look like? I think is the bigger question. I think, you know, he talked about Steed, Prince Kali, and Ziggler, right? That's what that's what he he's using nicknames or whatever. But yeah. you know, if those three guys are all right there then they all need to be on the field at some point. Whether they're starting or not, I don't care. Like, in football, even more so these days, whether you're a starter, whether you rotate in, especially defensively, I mean, I realize that's an ego thing, but, like, it doesn't matter to me. At the end of the day, how many snaps did you get in the game? That's what that's more important, you know, and were you in there when it mattered? I think those three guys need to get opportunities on the field. They need to get those opportunities in – Big time situations. Now the three guys you're saying: Kali, Sneed, Ziegler. Ziegler. Is that the one yeah. you're talking about? Yeah, well, that's what he mentioned. He, he mentioned three of those three guys. So okay, yeah, those are the three guys I'm going to mention. And, yeah, and they they seem to be the ones who are you know knocking at the door, whatever you want to call it, right now. But you know, I agree with what you're saying. You might only get a couple of reps, but if you make the most of those couple of reps that you have, and then you keep stacking together. Mm-hmm. you know those those kind of reps and you know like sooner or later it's going to lead to more for you yeah and that's 
that's really all it takes. So I am pretty encouraged. I'd give it an eight, I think, you know, just, yeah. just based on listening to that. That's right. It, I, the, I, I don't think these guys are as overlooked as a lot of people think. I, I think that, you know, these coaches get to see them day in and day out. They know the kind of talent that they have. But, right. But they can't see guys, you know, just like what we were talking about with Jordan Botello. You can't have guys who are going to blow assignments and then turn right. what's maybe, you know, a loss or a five-yard gain into a 50-yard gain or a touchdown. Correct. You know, that's, Correct. that's what happens on defense if you have guys who can't carry out their assignments. And that's that's what they've got to see. They've just got to have yeah. – they've got to see consistency in carrying those things out. Yep. I, I love Prince Colley. I, I think he could be really, really good. I mean, his athleticism is off the charts. Same, same with Snead. I mean, those two kids need to be on the field. I mean, they just absolutely do. Like, I've been excited about this group for a while, and my my excitement is not tempered. So I'd be in the eight, eight and a half range as well. Uh, very excited. But the big, I mean, we can be as excited as we want to be. If Al Golden's not going to play them, it doesn't matter. That's the problem. Right. And we need to see past that, right? We need yeah. to be able to, we need to be able to see that those guys are going to get playing time. I really hope that those guys are like showing out on Saturday. Like that would be the ultimate. <laughs> that would be so much fun if that was the case. On special teams. <sighs> Sean, <laughs> why are you raining on my parade like that? It's mean. It's mean-spirited. Uh, quick trip back to the basketball again. Michael Park says Butler did it. They got to two national championship games. That's true. They did not win a national championship, if that's what you're referring to. They did not win national no, championships. They were close. They lost very close. Two final fours, two, two yep. national championship games. So yeah, but they did not win one. And you know, let's let's be honest. Micah Shrewsbury was part of that, and that connection to Brad Stevens, and you know, the Boston Celtics. I mean, that's part of why he is here right now because of that connection with those teams. Brad Stevens through the Boston Celtics and back to where he is right now. It's a big part of why Micah Shrewsbury is the head coach at Notre Dame right now. I mean, if he can replicate. You're right. I mean, now, you know, let, let's be honest. Butler was not playing in the Big East back then. So the path for them to getting to the NCAA tournament, you can say, you know, that, that it was harder because you had to get, you know, had to win your tournament most likely, you know, to get a bid and all those kind of things. They weren't in a multi-bid mm -hmm. league, which, you know, Notre Dame and the ACC, even though the ACC has been down, theoretically, it's going to, the path should be a little bit tougher to get there. But again, I think I think that being in the tournament, yeah, is is your first step, year yes. in and year out. That's your goal. Absolutely, that's a great first goal. You know, go go get a buy in the conference playoffs. You know what I mean? Like set your set your expectations where they need to be, and <laughs> and and then you you once you hit one, then you raise. Right? That's how you build a program. Right? You know, when when I was coaching at the high school level, it was okay. We want to win more games than we lose. We want to win the city, right? There's like five teams in the city. You want to win the city. Then it's, you want to win your division. You want to win the conference and you want to win sectionals. Like you keep raising the bar just a little bit, but you have to have some small victories. You can't be, you can't. And I realize he's not saying they're going to win a national championship out of the gate. I get that. It's not what I'm saying. I'm being hyperbolic, but I am saying you can't be like, National championship or bust, because then you've got no benchmarks to get there, and that's that's tough. That's a tough way to try to build something. Yeah, going back to uh, the linebacker, Christopher says, just don't understand why it's okay for Maris to 
constantly be out of position, but we won't play the younger guys because we're scared they'll be out of position. Well, my my guess is between you know the options, right? You know, like the 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 best of two evils. I, you know, I don't know if that's how you want to phrase it, but you know, like like. He was carrying him out more consistently than the other guys, and that's what got him there. You right. don't just start swapping out guys because, you know, one, you know, well, he's that much worse than this guy, so let's put him in. You know, I just, I don't know. What do you think, Vince? I completely agree. Like, we see him missing assignments. Yep, sure do. And we get frustrated watching it. And, but what does that tell you about what they're seeing in practice? Because coaches aren't just going to be like, I don't care if that kid is absolutely bawling out at practice. We're going to start this kid instead. Right. They're not going to do that, you know, and they're not going to do it out of spite. They're not going to do it at all because they want to win. And Marist was obviously the best practice player that they had. And that's why he was playing. And so, you know, let's see if that continues. Let's see if that continues with those guys having another year under their belt. Yep. It's Major League Baseball opening day. Fill in the blank. Opening day is blank, Vince. Opening day is a national holiday, which <laughs> I can't partake in. That's that's what opening day is, right? Did you get to see any of the game, nope. uh, the Cubs game today? Nope, because I don't get marquee network. And so I don't get to watch any Cubs games, which really stinks, frankly. But I, I do know that they won. I saw highlights after the fact. It looked like a pretty good. I believe they shut out the Brewers. It looked like a pretty good day on the north side. So, you know what? I'll take it. It's a great opening day. Cubs are in first place in the central. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, opening day is beautiful. It's, it's, you know, like you wouldn't, you know, again, like the weather got a little bit better here in South Bend throughout the day, but it was still pretty frigid this morning. You know, but it's it's like being able to flip on the TV at two o'clock in the afternoon and seeing all these baseball games on Can't wait. all day. You know, you know, and I've got like the the MLB ticket or whatever they call that thing. The the <laughs> I don't even know what they call it, but it's glorious to be able to flip yeah. around, see baseball while I'm working in the afternoon. That's that's what I like is like like this time of year now. As long as there's an afternoon game, I'm working in the afternoon. I'm sitting in there with my laptop, and I got a baseball game on in the background. Yep, it's beautiful. Absolutely. Jesse was there today, so uh, uh, we'll, I we'll texted get... him. Did you? Yeah, I did. I told him how jealous I was of him, <laughs> and uh, he proceeded to send me pictures of him at the game. So nice. I was like, "Yes, good for you." Picked but, you off uh, even more. It looked beautiful. It looked like he was having a great time. The Cubby was one. I mean, a lot to cheer about. So, you know what? That's awesome. That's awesome. That's right. That's right. So, with opening day being here, which season opening anticipation is bigger for you? Baseball, college football, college basketball, NFL, or I don't know, something else, soccer, rugby, (laughs) whatever it happens to be. So... Because of my job, I would say the anticipation, and not only because of my job, obviously I'm a fan of Notre Dame football, but we talk about it literally every day of the offseason. I mean, right? everything we do is building yes. is either building up to the to the beginning of the season yes. or the next game once and the season starts. <laughs> only 13 games, 14 if you're lucky, right? Right. 
There's only 13 to 14 games all season. You get 13 or 14 baseball games in in three weeks, right? So I love opening day for baseball. Like I celebrate, I, I wore my Cubs jersey to school when pitchers and catchers reported. You know what I mean? Like I love baseball, love it. Well, absolutely love it. But the anticipation of football season is just different right now in the seat that I'm sitting in, right? Uh, but man, do I love baseball season. It, it, we, it's those two. And then everything else is, is a distant, whatever, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, like yeah, distant. I would agree. I, w- I would absolutely agree for, for just the reason that you said, because you know, like you said, it's like, we we're counting down right now <laughs> yeah. to, to Notre Dame and Navy. Basically you charge through the spring. And then as soon as spring's over, literally the countdown begins mm-hmm. to, you know, that, that season, you know, training camp and then season opener and, and everything else. That's what it's all about. And, you know, like if we, you know, again, like if we lived in a little bit warmer area where, 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 you know, like sitting in a t-shirt and shorts and, you know, drinking your cold beverage and whatever was a little bit more accessible at this time of year, maybe that would change. But just like you, I obviously love baseball as well. And I, and I can't wait until the weather is a little bit better i i've i've never never braved the elements like like jesse is doing out there today for uh for a season opener i, I don't know about you but bundling up for baseball just does not yeah it, it's me. just a long time to sit out there and like because there's look i love baseball because it's very it's a very intellectual game like i really enjoy like sitting there and analyzing i like to keep score you know like that kind of stuff but it, it, it's a lot of sitting there. You're not moving around very much. And so a cold right. game is rough in baseball. It's very rough. I, I think I went to an opening day, I think a long, long, long time ago, and it was freezing and it was not all that much fun. At least the sun was out today. So like today is not a day where you'd want to be underneath, you know, you'd want to be out in the sun. True. Obviously, you know, I'm sure the excitement of opening day was great. You get a couple of, uh, you know, adult beverages in you. I'm sure that certainly helps the cause to stay warm but no i i generally didn't like going to games until after school got out frankly so we're talking like june july august like that's exactly let's let's go let's go so the cubs have plus 145 odds on fanduel to win at least 80 games this season scale of one to ten how confident are you they will hit that number so that means they're going to go 500 Plus four to one forty five to well, go five hundred. Eighty is a little bit under. 500. It's a little under, right? I would take that. I would. I would say like a seven. I'll take that. I know they're rebuilding, but I don't think going over five hundred is a lot to ask for. I'm taking that bet. Taking I mean, they it. won. They won seventy four games last year, so that's only six under that. You know, and they've added Dansby Swanson, yeah, they Hosmer. They added Trey Mancini. You know, I, Pitching might be a little bit of a question still, but I, that's what I, I just feel like with those additions, I, I think that they're at least a 500 team that should be, you know, in the mix for a wild card spot by the time it's all. Yeah. So I like Absolutely. it as well. Let's I, go. I, I'd give it a solid. I, I do. I, I'd push mine up to an eight or a nine. I think. Nice. My confidence. Woo! Jesse, Jesse actually pointed this out to me the other day. And the first thing I said, I was like, I think they're going to go 500. Yeah. And then he told me about the 74 wins. I'm like, yeah, I would feel pretty confident. In that. Love it. And then you get plus odds 
on that. I'd be really confident if I was. I'm going to be looking at my apps once I get done with the show. I'll just tell you that. I don't know if it's changed at all since the season has started now, and they've already they're you know one 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 win closer. They only need 79 now. Only 79 more, baby. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. So NFL owners decided against a proposal that would have allowed Sunday games to be flexed to Thursday night on two weeks' notice this season. They were considering this. Jesse and I talked about it earlier Hmm. in the week. But owners did agree to modify the existing rule that will allow teams to play a maximum of two short-week Thursday games in a season instead of just one. So what that means is, you know, some teams could play two Thursday night games. Others might not have to play any games Mm -hmm. because – they're not going to necessarily flex them, but they might schedule. And in some cases, you know, like if you play a Thanksgiving game and then play on a Thursday the week after that, which the Cowboys have done quite a bit, that's not considered a short week game. So in that case, a team like Dallas or who, you know, whoever their opponent is on Thanksgiving or, you know, any of those other teams that are playing on Thanksgiving, they can end up with three Thursday games. Instead of just one or two. So do you buy or sell this change allowing more Thursday games for teams, even if they're not flexing like they were originally talking about? Here's why I'm going to buy it. Okay. Normally the Thursday games are terrible. They're, they're, they're unwatchable. They're games I don't care about. Okay. If you offer more opportunities for more teams to play them, maybe we'll get some better teams playing each other on Thursday nights. Or the flip side to that is maybe they're all just going to be terrible. Like, I mean, that's always a possibility too. Like maybe the Texans are going to get three Thursday night games and the name your crappy team. They all get the Thursday night games, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that could definitely happen. I was trying to look at it as a glass half full situation and that, you know, you're going to get more opportunities for other teams to get some Thursday night games. because. Right now, the Thursday lineup is just awful. I mean, Al Michaels, who's paid to call the games, was calling the games awful. That's bad. Yeah, but he's taking that paycheck for calling yes, he those is. games he, at the same time. All he's got, the way. He's not, he's not giving that money back, and we're talking millions. All the way to the bank. And I agree with John. All games should be played on Sunday or Monday. I have no problem with that. And right. worth, you know, like, I just, it is, like, I, I never get too wrapped up in, like, what's fair and what's not fair. But when you're talking about the NFL and these guys are literally throwing themselves into car wrecks on every play out there and you're yeah. making them play on three days rest, not just once now, but in some cases twice. And then, you know, another Thursday game potentially on top of that. And then other guys are, you know, other teams are not going to have to play any Thursday games. Right. I can't believe that, like, doesn't the players union have a say in any of this? I, I'm shocked that. <laughs> Seriously. I'm shocked that they don't because it's just like from a competitive situation, it's it's totally unfair yeah. to to make teams play potentially twice on short on a short week, and then another team doesn't have to play any short week games on a Thursday night. It just makes no sense to me that yeah. they would allow this. So it's yeah. a complete complete sell for me. Oh, okay, I like it because like I've I I've always thought that like. The way they do it right now is dumb to begin with. Like, in a lot of cases, they give the bye the week after you play the Thursday game. I've always thought, give them 
the bye the week before the Thursday right. game. So you've almost got two weeks in between there. Like, just because it's like, I just I just can't imagine, like, trying to, you know, because some of these guys, it, it takes them the full week to get their body recouped and ready sure. to play again on Sunday, especially as they start getting older. And now you're going to make them play two short week games like that on Thursday. I don't like yeah. it at all. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, play more Monday games. Do that. You know what? When they do the doubleheader at the beginning of the season on Monday, I friggin' love that. Because usually the game that's first is the one I'm going to watch. Yeah. So, you know, I the games are so And it's like late, at 6 man. or 6.30. Yeah. Yes. It's like beautiful. Like, give me that. Give me that. <sighs> give me that early game. It's perfect. We're just, we're just old men, Vince. That's what it comes down to. You're not wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for tonight. Appreciate you joining us. Hit that like button on your way out. We will have the Friday rapid fire at five o'clock tomorrow. And that'll be interesting because, excuse me, Jesse is going to be passing back from Chicago through South Bend. So I'll be in my usual room. He'll probably be out in my living room (laughs) doing the show out there. So love it. Yeah. So hopefully the old internet can handle two, uh, two signals. I know I did. Trust me. I've been thinking about that. (laughs) The fact that we had to, to switch off the, the internet earlier tonight. Right. Me worry about that even more. So (laughs) I guess we'll see. Yeah. All right, Vince, I will talk to you tomorrow. We'll talk to everybody else tomorrow as well. Again, appreciate it on IB Nation Sports. Yeah, we will stick it in the bathroom, Derek. IB Nation Sports stuff. Put them in the tub. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.